Hello everyone and welcome to Season 3, Episode 5 of the Weekly Freestyle with myself Tom Dean and my co-host Alex Sutton and we've got a bit of an interesting episode for you today, more of a catch-up than anything. Last week we recorded the um, interview with Ed Mildred, my training partner, and um, we really hope you guys have enjoyed it. Um, I think we just kind of want to get our thoughts on the episode because some, you know, he dropped some really interesting nuggets of information and his insight into the training environment, his international competitions. And it's always great getting someone who is in the same environment, you, but a completely different, you know, take on, on, on how they've, um, you know, viewed certain events and, and how they find the day-to-day training. So, I mean, what was your biggest takeaway? Yeah. I, I mean, hopefully the listeners enjoyed it as much as like we did recording it, but I think for, for me from the outside is you guys could be standing in a relay together. And when you're both in your team GB kit, you pretty much very similar in terms of you're there to do a job, swim your freestyle and, and I guess get out of there. But um, in terms of what I found interesting was that you are so, as you say, are so different as well in your, your stages in your career. So Ed has very recently just joined um, and I guess the, the way that he'll look up to you, um, but also the way that you will benefit from having him uh, in the team. I think another thing I found really interesting was the way he approached different things. I think you touched on that as well, but literally just as he was saying on the block. And I think this is what makes athletes great in whatever sport you do. You're thinking one or two steps ahead. Um, I know when he was mentioned, like coming into the turns and stuff, I know that when I'm coming for a turn, all I'm thinking about is keeping my head above water. <laughs> so yeah that that was really interesting and just hearing a bit about the story and he mentioned about how he'd swum with Popovich as well mm. which was, was a, bit, a bit mad yeah it was quite crazy so obviously Ed mentioned how he raced Popovich from a young age and he actually trained with him at Northampton when he was like 12 or 13 mm. years old and Ed said even then he could see he was a really you know exciting prospect um which is always you know I find the development of, of great athletes from a young age really interesting that's one of the things we chat about with George Taplin who's a guest on the podcast in the past, you know, who is an incredible age group swimmer and had um, some really interesting stories about his years, you know, developing through what are such, you know, what's such an important stage of any young athlete's life. So that was really, really fascinating. I think, um, yeah, one of my big takeaways, obviously is mentality, especially the fact we've been on the same relay team. Cause I was saying, you know, when I'm anchoring a relay, sometimes I'm like, Oh God, you know, if I mess up here, everyone's going to see, and it's going to be pretty obvious, but you kind of got to push those thoughts out of your mind. You just got to focus at the job in hand. And he's thinking about the turn or the, the, the takeover, which is really good. And, you know, I found a real love for anchoring relays and so is he, which is great because you need those kind of people. You need those. If you're in a men's relay, you need those kind of men who can um, really bring the team home. And it, it, it's a real mental challenge stepping up and being the last guy out of four to, to bring your team home. So it's great that, that he loves it as much as he does. Um, and you know what? He's, I think he recognises his position. He knows what he brings to the team and mm-hmm. he's very driven and he knows what he wants from the sport. Um, you know, we were joking at the end how we've got a big, big uh, aerobic set tomorrow morning and, you know, we're wanting to get stuck in some some good training. So really, really enjoyed it. And, you know, thank you again, Ed, for coming on. Yeah, for sure. And hopefully we can get a game of golf in soon. Mm, up and coming golfer. Probably a better uh, swimmer than he is golfer. But uh, yeah, it'll always be, uh, yeah, be, that'll be a good time. There's always a chance. Mm. And um, a couple of episodes ago, now we obviously we're in we're still in the new year we're still in january so i think new year goals is still something that's quite fresh on a lot of people's minds and um we had a few sent in so uh we thought maybe we could go through a couple of them and just discuss them and get your thoughts on it um e wigo 05 he says that he's very ready to go sub 60 in his 103 and sub 10 in the 800 how would you rate that as a as a new new year goal 
It's a brilliant year's goal. Absolutely brilliant. I remember when I, my goal was to break 30 seconds for the 50 freestyle. You know, that was such an important thing for me. And I remember telling my dad, I was like, you know, this is, this is a big goal for me by, you know, this year I really want to do it. So yeah, a sub 60, I mean, that's, that's a really, that's a really exciting barrier. There's always these great barriers to break through in the world of swimming and, and sub 60 is brilliant. And sub 10, 10 minute, 800, you know, two great goals. So best of luck to you. And I think, the great thing about sport is you get out exactly what you put in to the hardy train, you know, the closer you'll get to your goal. So best of luck for 23. I mean, would you ever fancy doing an 800? To me, mm. that seems as though that's a lot of time in mm. the water. And yeah. how, how are you counting those turns? Yeah, no, I wouldn't is the answer um, to doing an 800. 400 is as, as long as I go and only short course as well. Um, yeah, if you're doing a short course 800, you're looking at what, 31 turns? Um, quite a lot. That's quite a lot you got it luckily i think they have the the number counters at the end of the lane for yeah events 800 and above and then they ring a bell in the last 50 so um yeah keep up the good training and, and keep up the good counting and we've had holly cannon has said that she wants to train hard at swimming mm. well holly you know don't we all that is brilliant that's you know? all what we want to do yeah no that's that's my new year's resolution every year so <laughs> we're on the same page about that one holly's gonna smash that one mm. and then we've also had one in from noah who i think is referring to some of um our 2023 hot takes mm. um and one i i made about um potentially housing market crash which hasn't happened yet yeah right. we're eight <laughs> days into 2023 <laughs> but it could happen soon yeah um but noah has said that he single-handedly wants to stop the housing market crashing well i mean this is your expertise so over to you on this one yeah um well i think noah himself is an estate agent so hopefully he's doing he's doing a good good job there um i guess we want to keep those mortgage rates nice and low as possible mm, we, do, we um, do so yeah we'll have to we'll have to see how the the housing market goes from there testing time for the housing market i was oh, actually reading is. in the home section this morning um that 24 is the year you really want to be buying okay you know I, I apparently it's going to be cooling off things will have settled down and you know the dust will have settled it's going to be a bit of a manic year 23 as in 2024 sorry yeah two, 2024 is the year you want to be buying oh, yeah. So if you can hold off for another time, don't take my, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not an estate agent. It's just what I was reading in the paper so this morning. you can add to the property portfolio at that point. <laughs> that would be nice. I'm very happy with my one at the moment though. Dip in there. And we also had a few guesses on, um, we clipped, and I think we should talk about this as well. Some of the content again out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shout no. out. Shout out to Lucy, producer Lucy there, or maybe content producer Lucy. Content producer Lucy is smashing it out of the park. So if you are enjoying the reels, oh my god! If you are, if, if, if you're enjoying the reels, just like that one that was been played there, then do um, do let us know. Please keep commenting, sending suggestions, answering our questions, interacting with everything we do. We love chatting about what you guys are wanting to hear about, and and um, you know, yeah send us some interesting stuff but the reels shout out to producer lucy smashing out the park yeah we had a few shouts um on who the possible person we were talking about we were chatting about david popovich um and people have come in uh, because we we said who is this famous romanian that we're, mm. we're talking about and someone a couple of people have come in with with haggy sorry <laughs> i did actually look this up at the time but i forgot what it is haggy what is it like an actor or something hsgi Oh, no, that should be an A. Uh, well, this is getting cut out of the bottom. Yeah, I, it's a football. Oh, okay. This, lads? So this is Georgie Haggy, spelt G-H-E-O-R-G-H-E. 
um, considered a hero both in his homeland mm. and in Turkey, named Romanian Football of the Year a record seven times. That's so fantastic. Shout out to Aggie. Um, <laughs> oh, he's, he's a manager as well and the owner of a oh. football club as well. Um, we also got um, Pavel Florin. I actually recognised this guy when I searched him. Okay, interesting. Um, and he is quite well known because he's got this, this technique where he runs in. Uh, he comes from like around the wicket. Um, in terms of cricket, so yeah, we oh, we had a few suggestions that I don't think I'm going to be able to get the video. So we've got um, we've got Pavel Florin. So he's he's taking the golf. Oh, that's an interesting <laughs> technique. So he's 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 saying he's taken the cricket world by storm. He's got a very different technique. I'm not you know well too well versed in my cricket, but if you can explain what's going on here, Alex. Yeah, so he's he's kind of running in and he's arguably throwing the ball when he mm. comes in. So it's quite an interesting. Uh, that is no longer Pavel Florin. He's got a lot of height on his bowl. Basically, he's he's almost doing like oh, a that's looping. Him batting. Oh, it's him batting. So he's almost doing a looping bowl uh, in 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 a sense. He gains a lot of height on it. It doesn't and, look um, very effective. To it kind of not, reminds me as if you were going to bowl. It would be something like what I was going to do. So, like. um, but I mean, he's he's. If we just go back to his his Google quickly, you know, he's he's really interesting technique there i mean i guess that that could be called the flooring you know it's his own his own uh, sense of bowling but he's a romanian international cricket player he plays for the national cricket team as a bowler uh you know a big name in the european cricket league in 2019 and his bowling action actually went viral on a mm. on a video he posted so shout out to um to Florin. only took up cricket at 32 wow. interesting so, so late. late late to the game but the answer is neither Florin or even though they are famous romanians yeah even or georgie the footballer, um, it was in fact David Popovich, uh, the he's, 200 freestyler. Like, well, he did actually get a mention, obviously, in, in the podcast. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. So, but thanks, guys, for the answers. Keep up. them coming in. Really, really interesting, as always. And yeah, I think I need to also apologise for a slight technical uh, difficulty that popped up a couple of weeks ago now. Um, I don't know if you spotted this. You were probably mm. busy either sleeping when it came out and then training, but um, I actually uploaded the previous episode. So for people who were tuning in, as they always do at Wednesday at six o'clock, and we really appreciate that, they would have been wondering why are they talking about New Year's resolutions again? Easy so, mistake to make happens to the best of us. Um, but Lucy, producer Lucy was on it straight away. Yeah, she, she's put that fire out. Far better so, um, than I am. Everything, you know, fighting for that raise and that end of year bonus. <laughs> I might get kicked out. Yeah, well, I didn't want to say it, but... <laughs> <laughs> could happen up on a game um but yeah so I, just as tom was saying it's um obviously we really um appreciate uh, your feedback and your thoughts um on the pod and you know it, we really enjoy hearing what you what you have to say and also if you had any ideas and things you wanted us to talk about then do get those in obviously you know where to find us on instagram um and also we do have our email which is the weekly freestyle at outlook.com um so yeah do get involved there and also if you were able to drop us a quick review on either spotify mm. apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast provider that that does help us out quite yeah a lot, doesn't yeah it? no everything helps all the content helps tell us if you love it tell us if you hate it tell us what you want to do better or what you want us to talk about but now that we've done a little bit of admin we're going yeah. to move on to today's topic oh we are uh, and the topic we're looking at today is actually the idea of potential burnouts, mm. um, but also um, breaks that are needed, uh, I guess, throughout training. Um, and we have looked at this before in terms of, like, I guess, the holiday kind of thing when we went mm. when we took the pod uh, on tour with us. But I guess specifically, we're looking at the idea of 
people need to be careful in terms of not doing too much training, which then actually leads to, I guess, people dropping out or actually performances going downhill. Mm. Um, so that that's something uh, we're going to look at there. Um, and one thing that we have spoken about before, but would be interesting to touch on again, is how that lockdown actually was potentially of benefit for you in terms of dealing with that mm. uh, idea of burnout. It's interesting. And I think, I think we should both speak on this because burnout's very relevant in the corporate world as well. Mm-hmm. And you often hear people talking about it in that, in that, you know, the sphere of business as well, you know, people just working too hard and it being detrimental to their career. But in the world of swimming, it's, it's super important to take a break or world of all Olympic uh, elite sport. And it's interesting. I always say COVID was so strange. I didn't train for 12 weeks, you know, in the middle of my swimming career, age 20, 21, you know, and Dave always said, you, people don't get that much time away from the pool until they retire. So the fact that we were able to take a step back, let our bodies repair, and heal and recharge our batteries think about our career think about what we wanted to do and really whether we found enjoyment from it because you're always you're always 100 miles an hour and all of a sudden we got gifted this chance to to switch off and you know take things a bit slower but if you had ever gone back to people and you said okay the year before the olympic games okay so 2020 if someone went to you as a coach and said i want all of your swimmers to not touch a swimming pool for 12 weeks yeah, the year before the Olympics, no one in their right mind would ever have done that, ever. But regardless of that fact, at the Olympics, people still broke world records. Mm. People still went incredibly fast times. Medals were won, you know. And I think people are happier and healthier for it. So if, you know, it's interesting. I think people are now waking up to the fact that actually you can take a long break. It's good mentally and physically. Allow yourself to recharge. Uh, and I think COVID was a bit of a blessing in disguise. Yeah, and yeah, such a interesting thing to consider and I guess even though it's happened before and you said that even though PBs were made and people were still swimming really well I guess you you'd never consider doing it again though or would you say that there's anything you've learned or changed in in learning from that going forwards like would you ever take more of a break outside the pool now as a result or is it kind of still back to back to the status quo as such and just getting that pool time in I think it's not quite as extreme as we're going to take 10 or 12 weeks out of the pool. But on our summer break, for example, Dave will give us four weeks instead yeah. of what might have been two in the past. Right. You know, and it's okay that we can have this time to switch off, get away from it. Dave's okay with us completely switching off and, and recharging. And it's important. And I find it really important as well because it's so intense. You know, training so demanding. You're in Bath, you're in one place, like checking in, putting your body through it six days a week you know, you're fatigued all the time. And I'm saying this because I've just got back into training this week. And like, I got Saturday morning, you know, you can't move when you get out of bed. Like you, you feel like you're never sleeping enough. As soon as you sit down to get back in from training in the morning and gym, you're up again and out the door for another session. So it's so demanding that you need that time to completely get away from it and be like, okay, I'm actually going to stay up a little bit later now, or yeah. I'm going to have, you know, this extra bit of food to eat, or I'm going to have a beer with, with my meal, you know, because I'm on my summer holidays and I can switch off because I know that when I get back in at the start of September or whatever it might be, you know, it's head down uh, and, you know, we're going to have to switch on for 11 straight months. Um, so I'm, I'm a big, big advocate for it. And one thing I'd ask is, have you ever actually suffered from burnout yourself? Um, is that, have you ever got to a point in the week or a point in the year where you thought I've, <laughs> I've got nothing left? Um, <laughs> got nothing. Um, I think after the Olympics, it was the first time in my life where I was like, I'm not ready to come back mm. after three or four weeks. 
So I ended up taking three months out actually after the Olympics. You know, I was just not in the headspace. I think that wasn't just because of how hard I trained. I think that was because of the Olympics as well mm. and how the mega, yeah, and, and the media after it and, you know, every, like your whole life just gets turned upside down. So I think, yeah, after the Olympics was the first time I was like, I'm actually not ready. I, I, the last thing I want to do is look at a swimming pool. And it took actually, it took the ISL, the International Swimming League that was going on at the time for me to actually want to get back in because it was yeah. like October time or something and people were swimming at an ISL and I was like, I'm going to check some of the results. And I hadn't touched the swimming pool since July at that point. Um, you, did, you did some were. training in the lake in Croatia, though. Yeah, d- d- jumped in the sea once or twice in Croatia. I think I was actually going that. quicker than you, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't a pretty sight. Um, yeah, no, that's not a good way to train. Um, but yeah, and, and I saw some results from the ISL and I was like, you know what, actually, I do want to be, get stuck in and I do want to be part of it. I do want to be competitive again. And that what, that's what made me feel like, okay, I want to get back in the water now. Uh, and and still have that hunger and it's the same this year every time i take a break i'm, I'm always slightly worried mm. am i going to want to come back uh and thus far i've wanted to which is good um but you know i'm sure it gets to everyone's point in the career where they enjoy time away from the pool just a little bit too much yeah and i think bringing it back to sort of general life as such everyone has i guess hobbies and pursuits that they are either really into um take really seriously and then maybe it's actually only the time when you step back that you realize i guess what you're missing Mm. Um, and and actually you know maybe there's actually a, a huge benefit in not doing something for a while because as you say um it that you do then realize um that i guess the fire that you had in your belly mm. and also it it create it tops up your motivation for when yeah. you do get back um so i think it, it can actually be such a good thing to either have that time off um or just to i guess yeah take your mind away from things for a little bit yeah no absolutely it's really important and it'll be interesting i mean have you experienced it yourself? And obviously you've only been in corporate life or sorry, not corporate life, but the working world for, yeah. a, for a few years. Um, or do you know anyone else who's experienced anything like that, you know, in, in, in terms of from a, a working business standpoint? Yeah, I think from a, a working standpoint, I guess it when you're looking at your week to week, and I think this has actually changed for a lot of people and maybe as a result of, again, the pandemic and also understanding that idea of burnout is for a lot of people, if you're having a, daily commute either on the train and, and all the side effects that that brings in maybe that's something that actually could uh add to that burnout and i know that a lot of people have changed their lifestyles recently mm. in terms of having more of that hybrid working uh side of things which would help hopefully um stop that happening and also it means that you've also got like i guess other times to um i guess fill your life with these other hobbies whether it's i don't know reading a book going for a run mm. um not just being like i guess sat in a traffic jam for two hours of the day each day yeah which would hopefully um help that i know that there are a lot of people will i guess commute in and out of london or across london for a decade or so um and then it gets to a point where they just can't do it anymore yeah um and maybe you can relate that back to the swimming world because you see so many youngsters getting in the pool when they're sort of six, seven years old um, and maybe they're being taken there by their parents um, as a youngster. And then they start getting to the age where they maybe have a little bit more choice for themselves and, um, you know, have other things going on. And then you see, and this is across all sports um, uh, and all activities. And then you see there's a, there's such a drop off for certain people. I think actually maybe for, for women, especially yeah. or young girls in sport, you, you see like quite a big drop off. Um, so I guess is that what do you think helped you in terms of staying with it and sticking with it? Um, yeah, it is so demanding, especially as a, a, a young 
teenager, like my little brother at the moment, he's 17, he's trying to do A-levels and do full-time swimming, nine, 10 sessions a week. And he's also trying to be head boy at his school, you know, so he's got a real tough, you know, schedule and he's got a lot on his plate. So I think it, it, it is really demanding, especially with swim, like age group swimming. People are getting up at like 5 a.m. every morning for like 10 years. It's just like so brutal, you know, two hours in the morning, two hours at night, full day of school in between, and you're trying to revise and study. There's never been a more stressful period in my life than when I was doing A-levels and training for Europeans at the same yeah. time. That is the toughest few months of my life without a doubt because I knew I had to get A-level grades to get into Bath. I knew I had to like basically win European juniors to get the funding to pay for to pay for going to university. And I was like 17. I was like so stressed all the time. It's just not a fun. Just walking around with a straight jacket. Literally, on. yeah. Never cracking a joke yeah. as well. Because I remember I was speaking to someone about it the other day. And like when I was a teenager, when I wasn't swimming, I was studying and revising. And when I wasn't revising, I was actually swimming. There was mm. no, there wasn't much else in what I did in those years. And that's what I remember so clearly. And like, you know, I'm really grateful for the work I put in there and I was able to reap the benefits, but it's so demanding. You can see why the drop off, because it's not one of those sports like a lot of other, you, you know, like football or running or because you can't do four hours of running a day. Yeah. You know, every day, six days a week. It's just, you know, physically it can't be done. So it takes up much more of your time. And the mornings are brutal. So it, it is a real tough sport, especially as a, especially as a youngster. And I, I think that's why the, the, the dropout rate is so, so high. And also I think the age group coaches have a lot to answer for because a lot of the time they aren't thinking enough about senior progression. They want great results from age group swimmers from a young age. So they're pushing them too hard, making them do too many sessions. It's too demanding. And they're not putting in a gradual build to allow them to hand them over when they're 18 to a national center to become senior swimmers which is what i think age group swimmers and british swimming should really work on because when you're working kids from a young age way too hard doing too many hours and we touched on it with george taplin mm. one of our guests on the previous podcast who was doing crazy sessions from a young age yes that gives you a good engine but there's no, where can you go from there when you're yeah. doing 10 sessions at 14 15 years old you can't do 12 the next year it's physically impossible yeah. i do 10 sessions now and that is the absolute limit on what you can do in terms of your yardage and being in the right zone where it's actually still beneficial yeah i think too many age group coaches push that too much because i guess as well if you're looking at it from a purely performance point of view if you were sitting at the head of british swimming mm. what you want when you're getting these new athletes i guess someone like ed like maybe a year or two uh, ago is you want someone ready and fresh and ready mm. to go to come to a new setup and be ready for the challenge whereas yeah. maybe you're getting to the point where off this conveyor belt of like age group swimming as youngsters that people are rocking up they've just done their a levels or their their further education the thing the last thing they want to do is like you know get back in the pool yeah. and like get ready to smash it again i think one of the tough things as well is you don't get picked for a national center unless you have some great results as a junior. Yeah. But a lot of the time, the only people that get the great results as juniors are those who have been worked way too hard mm. and aren't going to progress well into senior swimming. So it's almost like a bit of a lose-lose situation. So it's a tricky one to I think there just needs to be more of a structure instilled in age group programs that is more nationwide. But then you almost need, but then that you know, is that the right thing to do, or should you let coaches try unique training plans? instead of saying, right, this is what everyone in the UK must do. Yeah. So it's, it, it is a tough one and they have got a bit of a tough, um, a bit of a tough job on their hands. Um, yeah. um, and I think finally as well, just coming from outside of swimming is it's almost like you're in or you're not, you mm. can't, you can't, if someone had joined your squad at age 15 and rocked up for two or three sessions a week, fuzzy, they wouldn't be on your squad, mm. but you'd be like, well, if you're not putting the work yeah. in, there's not really a, a spot for you in this sport. Yeah. So it's tricky to then 
get involved to a high enough level yeah. if you're not putting the hours in yeah no absolutely it is it is tough it's it like is training tough. inflation it is it is just, well, very relevant at this at this point in there. The i think we need to rack it back 10%. in if everyone trained a little bit less can everyone just calm it down a little bit please please thank you very worldwide much. you know we'd never see a world record again for 10 or, years but you just have a lot more people in this sport. a lot more free time that's for sure <laughs> true um but yeah we we wanted to move on to the the freestyle section pod this week uh, and linking it to the idea of burnout and breaks we've actually got a fun quiz linking mm. to all of the countries that you've swam in yes um and the capital city yes um, that of all of them is yeah present yeah and i might need to double check some of these on my phone so yeah i've got a list here of um and do you think that's actually the most of them 20 countries okay. that I've swum in. And I think it's every country I've swum in. I think I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. We can, we can check, but we can, we can, we can double check. Most of them. Most of them. It's most countries that I've swum in, in my life. And we're going to go through, I'm going to see out of 20, how many you actually get correct. Okay. I don't like this, that I'm on so, the spotlight. <laughs> starting with Ireland, big fan of Ireland. Uh, that's got to be Dublin. That's Dublin. Okay, I'm going to give you a tick on that one for Dublin with Ireland, correct. Uh, Scotland. Edinburgh. Edinburgh? It is Edinburgh. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, okay, Edinburgh, correct. Edinburgh, we're going to go for a tick on Scotland. I'll just cross them when you get them wrong. Yeah, uh, Wales. And I think people should play at home as well. Please, Quick please do join in. Okay. Cardiff. W- Wales is Cardiff. Northern Ireland. Um, that's Belfast. Belfast, correct. Uh, France. That's Paris. Paris. Hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll be there. Yes, fingers crossed. Um, Italy. <laughs> Rome. Hungary. Budapest. The UAE. Uh, is it Dubai? Uh, is that a, that's a country in it, isn't it? The Dubai is not the capital the of the United Arab Emirates. Is it Jordan? No, Jordan's <laughs> a country, everybody. <laughs> capital of the UAE. I swam there last year. Oh, uh... Begins with Kuala Lumpur. No, that's the capital of Malaysia, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Begins with an A. Abu Dhabi is the capital of the UAE. So I'm going to get across there. Um, <laughs> I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> uh, Israel. Jerusalem. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, well, that is the, yeah. There's a lot of places you swam. That's Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe you need to do a trip advisor for all the pools you swam. <clears> yeah, and the, I swam in, I didn't even swim in Jerusalem. I swam in Netanya, Israel, when I was 17. Mm-hmm. Well, my first ever European junior title there. Bit of a weird place. Bit of a weird um, one. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. The Bahamas. Um, I don't know that one. Uh, so Bahamas is Nassau. Wow. Nassau, Bahamas. Best best competition I've ever been to in terms of enjoyment. Uh, not enjoyment, but like the hotels and the pools. and uh, oh, Australia, place. obviously. Um, Melbourne. No. Sydney. No. <laughs> Canberra. Canberra. Oh, goodness gracious me. Uh, the United States of America. Uh, Washington. Yes. Um, uh, the next one that I've swum in is South Africa. Uh, Johannesburg. No, no, it's it's not. It's not. It's not either of them. No, I swam Pretoria. I, no, it's in Pretoria. Oh, there's three capitals apparently. Goodness gracious me! It's three capitals. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> there's three capitals. There's the executive, the legislative legislative and the judicial so pretoria is the executive capital so i'll take that cape town is the legislative capital and bloemfontein bloemfontein yeah is the judicial (laughs) 
goodness me. Um, That's a mouthful. Yeah, slightly. <laughs> Luxembourg. Luxembourg City. Correct. You swam in Luxembourg? Uh, yes, I have. When? Um, European? No, with the, with the South East region team. <laughs> yeah, when I was a junior. William's going. My little brother's going. He's going to Luxembourg? Yeah, yeah. In, in a few, um, like two or three weeks. Yeah, to swim like that. Um, the Netherlands. Uh, Amsterdam. Is it? I'm going to say that the capital is Amsterdam. So you're very much correct there. Finland. Helsinki. Helsinki. Have some there. European juniors. Japan. Is Tokyo. Tokyo. Uh, South Korea. It's on their world champs. Isn't it? Is it a game with a P? Uh, no. Oh, is it Seoul? Correct. I'm pretty sure. Uh, and finally, two more. I hope you've been marking these. Yep. Spain. Madrid. And Monaco. Uh, is it Monte Carlo? You've... No. No, it's just Monaco. It's just Monaco. No, it's just Monaco. Yeah. So I'm going to say about 15 okay yeah so 75% so um, just about scraped the first yeah I'll take that so I'll take that that's bad. probably not our best no. freestyle section game no it wasn't bad better. though was it do send in freestyle game suggestions please we would love that <laughs> not yeah. saying we're scraping the barrel but... <laughs> no actually, not at all um, but no that's an interesting one come on I write it down there's actually quite a lot, a lot of countries countries I'm trying to I'm scraping my uh, scratching my head as to what else Bahamas was brilliant that was Commonwealth Youth Games 2017 yeah really good fun good times great times um, and yeah, that we've... pretty much wraps us up that wraps us right up mm. we've got dinner to get to we do indeed yeah um, my family's hosting a little Sunday night dinner which would be very nice That's and huge. Alex has um, managed to nab the invite yeah thanks cheers Jeff. good stuff so no thank you very much guys for listening to this episode um, a little bit of a little bit of a catch up episode but I really yeah, enjoyed it, nice. it. Um, but yeah sending some suggestions about uh what you want to hear in the future. Sorry, I'm out of camera shot a lot. Um, send in suggestions about we what you want. We won't be able to see that for our stream. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> this thing, I'm literally bald on the side of my head right now. If you guys could see this, got a bit of a skin fade a few days ago. At least it's not a mic, a mic uh, clip that. Yeah, I'm might do to be fair. No, shout out Luke Banfield. Big up my barber. Really? Yeah, no, always does a good job. Getting down to maids. Might have to. Um, no, when I'm in maids, strictly rads. Strictly. Um, thanks guys for tuning in. Um, we look forward to catching up with you next week. See you in a bit.